Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John taps into his counterphobia on theme park rides and reveals who's responsible for killing bugs in his house. Meanwhile, I add a water slide clause to my living will and learn way too much about toilet paper. Plus, a conversation about problematic themes in the Bible, redemptive movements, and cultural biases in our interpretation of Scripture. Today's episode is not sponsored by the Snooze Button. It's the best nine minutes of your whole day. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Sit back and relax. Buckle up for another episode of Talk About That. We're just along for the ride wherever you are in life. Have you seen the videos, the viral videos on TikTok of the guy who has the death drop kind of a ride and he hits a button on his side. It looks like just an iPad that, that triggers this thing. And then you have like four seconds before it just drops you. And it's just a bar that comes across. It drops you where? It's a drop. You know, it's one of those drop rides. So you're not in his car. No. I was like, how does he do... You're in the car of the ride, and you're okay. way up suspended in this tower. Yeah. And then he has a thing. You, you, can, you, know, you see it from his point of view, uh-huh. and these people are in the ride, and it's being videoed, and uh, he surreptitiously has been posting these videos. But evidently, his big trick is there's just a lap bar, and then he goes, he hits the button, he hits the little, and then they have like four seconds, basically, and he knows this, they don't know, and he goes... Uh, I forgot to put on the shoulder straps and then they go and then they drop. So everybody screams because they think he's coming over to do some last minute safety check. That's, and then it, that's cool. so it's a way to get them truly surprised. Yeah. And then he always looks in the camera and goes, got him. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Worth following that. Have guy. you ever done like a drop ride at a water park? Yes. So Sadie and I went to Volcano Like a flume? Bay. A flume ride? No, no, no. Like a slide. Like like the top of Volcano Bay at the top oh, of the Oh, right. You're in the, you're in the thing and then the, the, you, the you floor, get it and the the trap floor door. just drops yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, I did one those. Of those are fun. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's, it's, uh, the water's intrusive. I'll put it that way. It's, it's a rich man's enema. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those like, oh, I mean, I did it. Because I'm again, I'm counterphobic, Johnny. Yeah, you know, so you got to do the thing that scares you. Got to do the thing that scares me, and to keep others from being scared around me. So, oh, like, is that so? You're trying to protect if my daughter's scared that you're being brave on their yeah, behalf. I'll go do it. You know, okay. And I really feel nothing until I'm in it. Yeah. Then I'm like, you get in there, and that yes, that moment of waiting for the floor to drop. Yeah. Is like, ooh, I'm, fe- I'm feeling it now. I wasn't yeah. anticipating this. Our dear friend uh, Tim Hawkins talks about being taken tubing in wisconsin and on a summer day and how water he goes water was going in and out of me faster than i've ever experienced (laughs) (laughs) he said a piece of chewing gum i chewed when i was a kid came out of me i was like is that hubba bubba they don't even make hubba bubba anymore that's watermelon splash (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah uh yeah we really liked volcano bay i've not done it i need that's the only park i've not done i've done the other two i need to do that one yeah we're going to go back. Said he was like, Laura, I remember, I think she was like 11. Yeah. And uh, it was a business trip. So Laura had to go in meetings all day. Yeah. And we went to Universal, but we ended oh, up doing great. two days at Volcano Bay, just me and her. So yeah, she I want to do did it. the top, the top one. In fact, she didn't do the drop. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, like, this is a weird thing where I'm like, Sadie's all about, and kids are maybe in general, but Sadie's all about, I'm doing it. I want to do it. I want to mm-hmm. do it. She had that expectation. 
I'm like, okay, I'll do it with you. We climb all the way to the top. Yeah. I mean, it's a long climb. Sure. Many, many, many steps. <laughs> Get to the top. Sure. You're watching people now in this chamber. Oh, and then she starts developing. Like, new fears emerge. Yeah. Now that you get closer to it, you go, I didn't know it was going to be this. Right. A capsule. Yeah, you get in the chamber, and it closes around you, uh-huh. so it's a real... And then it's kind of a, you can't get out. Right. There's probably an emergency hatch, but then you're going to look weird. Right. Once you're in that hatch... Right, and it's probably going to be, hey, I don't know, and you're gone. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so, people scream, and you're, you're in it, but it's the line is so long, she has all this time now to wait. So right. we get close, and she's like... I'm not doing it. I was like, that's no big deal. You don't have to do it. So we climb all the way back down. Oh, she really didn't do it. I think I did one of one of them. And then she climbed down and met me. And so then, then though, here's the thing. I'm like, that's cool. It doesn't matter. There's tons of slides were right. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But the shame. Oh, right. No, no, I can't believe I didn't do it. I was like, honey, it really doesn't matter. No, no, I'm doing it. And so an hour later, mm-hmm. we climb all the way to the top. And I'm like, hey, you can do it. It'd be great. Also, doesn't matter at all if you don't. It's not a testament to your character. Yeah, come on. It means nothing. You're such a good dad. I mean, like, it means nothing. Let's just have fun today. Mm -hmm. If you want to try it, great. If you want to push yourself, what's the end of the story? We climbed back down again. I think we climbed up and down three times that day. Wow. And she was so disappointed in herself. How old was she this? I think like 11, maybe 10. So has she done it since? We've never been back. So she's, it's like a... Now, our last Disney trip, she wrote everything. Yeah. We, fact, so she we, would do it now. We were going to go do Rock and Roller Coaster. Has she ridden a ride like that that has the trap door? No. So it's it's still a thing. The one ride that we don't do at Disney is Tower of Terror. It's a drop. Yeah. Same none, thing. So. None of us really want to do it. It's just like, you know... Same vibe, because you don't know when it's coming. You know that it's coming. And yeah. you hear the screams of the people as you're getting ready to from the next... Uh-huh. The people in front of you, you're hearing the... The yeah. huge cries of, you know, horror. bellowing. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, free. it's excitement, though. It's not really a cry of horror. Well, I yeah. hope. It's all- <laughs> so uh, there really was a clip that I watched yesterday of a comedian, and I could not tell if it was a story that was true that he had embellished, or it sounded too real, mm-hmm. but it was about somebody that was at the top of a ride, and mm-hmm. he, goes, we only, he goes, I worked there three months. We only had one medical emergency. We had a guy who had a heart attack at the top of the slide. Oh. And he goes, he goes, then the question became, what's the best way to get this guy to the bottom of this? And so as it fast became, as possible. Like it builds this. Like if only there was some way. Right. And he was saying that. I mean, it builds a funny <laughs> tension in the crowd because they're like, there's no way. To, and he goes, it's a lot of steps, y'all. And he goes, and this was near the end of our shift. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny thing. I can't remember what he said they did, but it's well, just well, you like you can take twenty minutes to get him down. Yeah, or you can have him down there in thirty. We can get a seconds. medical crew up here, or we can just be like, "Whoopsie!" And you just give him a. <laughs> you don't want to be that way, but come on. If I thought I was having a heart attack, and I knew minutes, yeah, wanted. I think he might have expired at the top of the ride though, and was already gone. So I mean, now it's a matter of I think guys, push me down. Yeah, and have someone wait at the bottom. It's almost like you need a special, a special medical living will. If I die at the top of a water slide. Or, or if I'm I give dying. you, I give you permission to push me down the water slide. <laughs> what is the proper handling of a corpse at a water park? See, I don't want it to be a corpse. I, I want, want it. to be a guy who's in distress. Oh, like, okay, get me out of here. And this is the fastest route to the ambulance. Yeah. Is down, yeah, down this slide. I, I would take. I it. need to go ahead and adjust my living will to say something like that. It's like, do not resuscitate, but also, also, hey, I want to go out in a, you know. That splash country in a blaze of glory. A splash of glory. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, yeah. This and show then, got and, and this show got dark. You'll visit a lot of water slides then, just in case. Yeah. As you get older, uh, my father in law last night told me some joke about uh, what was it? He said, he said so. And my father in law loves jokes. And he was like, so there's this guy who had this irrational fear of bombs mm-hmm. on a plane, and so his friend was like. Look, I looked it up. It's like a one in a million chance that you're going to get on a plane that has a bomb. And the guy's like, I, I can't help it. It's still right. so, it's such a, a, a huge phobia. Mm-hmm. And so he comes, uh, the friend comes back and says, well, look, here's the deal. I've built a bomb 
and we'll take it on the plane together. Because I looked up the odds of being on uh, two, two bombs. Or, <laughs> or two <laughs> bombs, yeah. So as long as we have one. Being on a plane with two bombs, of, yeah. It's like astronomical odds. It's way, yeah. you know. And I thought, that's a funny concept. That is a funny idea. I had to, I, I, I thought, well, if I was speaking, I would be like, uh, hey guys, you know, did you know at these conferences, mm-hmm. you know, generally, uh, you have a one and whatever chance of being in a car wreck on the way. So I went ahead and wrecked my car on the way in yeah. just to go ahead and get it out of the way. You know, like it's that. There used to be an old, I think it might have been a Stephen Wright joke about that, about how like most people that die in accidents, it's less than seven miles from your home. So he goes, I moved eight miles away. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love those things. I like stuff like that. Yeah, I like it when it toys with statistics mm. and because we're so statistically minded now everything is about yeah. the stat and the research and and you can make it say whatever you want right you can make that research dance yeah. and then you can make, get the people that once they see the research they still they're like well i've already made up my mind anyway well yeah if they saw or i heard another result that i like better well i'll see like i don't know if you ever get sucked in i don't do a lot i don't spend a lot of time scrolling yeah, I don't have. I do a lot less now. I don't have social media on my home screen. Okay. I, I have to swipe over if I want to get to it. So I don't oh, even see a no, I don't see a notification. A yeah, unless I swipe over. Okay. And um, but occasionally it'll have something that's like some miracle supplement, and I'll get sucked in. Like well, I'm curious, and, yeah. and and I'll watch it. And I hate those videos that you can't advance. Oh yeah. This is now now you're sucked in. It's 15 minutes. You watched 15 minutes. Well, that's how you long You told me about the tinnitus these, one. Yeah, the tinnitus one is like so long. And they were like, and I couldn't believe what I discovered. And it's like, just tell me. Right, right. And so when you finally get to the end and they, you know, there's a product to buy. But when you go and look at the list of medicines and the journals that they're citing, yeah. I mean, there's a huge list there. And I can't even trust that anymore. Yeah. I'm going, well, you know, there are doctors out there who are not great. Right. Just because you have they a, could have gone to that school, right? Dave's School of Medicine. Yeah, he could be the guy from what was the one with Alec Baldwin where he was killing people. Oh, uh, Malice. <laughs> That's an old movie. That no, is an old doctor. movie. What are you no, talking about? Well, he's a doctor. What is it? Doctor Death, isn't that? Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, wasn't Alec Baldwin? I've listened to the podcast. Okay, there was a movie called Malice though, where he was an obstetrician. Remember that? I do. Bill Pullman was in that, and Nicole Kidman. I was gonna say Kim Basinger. No, it was Nicole Kidman. And uh, it was a great, it's actually a great movie. It's got a cool twist in it. Huh. It's a fun twist. Worth checking out. Malice tonight on wherever uh-huh. movies are streamed. Not a sponsor, though. Hey, and speaking of cool twists and sponsors, yes. we should probably take a moment to hear from a few of our sponsors. Hmm. I would like to say we don't necessarily endorse everything in Malice. If I remember correctly, wasn't it a little risque? No. Those movies, there were some risque movies in the think, 90s. And... I think it was kind of like a thriller. It's like a murder mystery vibe. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. It yeah. was it was probably restricted viewing. Yeah. It probably had an R. It might have had an decided. R. A movie, I remember you, because you, know, you introduced me to a lot of new movies. Uh, sin, honestly. A lot of restricted movies. A lot of sinful things. I apologize. But I remember like in college... And I thought about this movie the other day, like I'd like to go watch it again. Yeah. Because I never would have watched it without you saying I should watch it. Yeah. And it was The Game. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a great one. With Michael Douglas. Yeah. It's it's really well done and also completely ridiculous. Yes. You know, like the idea that it's a big twist that it was all whatever to snap him out of his depression. Well, don't give it away. But it's like, you don't, they didn't know that he was going to do all those things, but- they, it's all constructed, this world they made for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much, I like it where they, it's almost like a beautiful mind did that. Yeah. Where you, the viewer, are along for, you're also being deceived yeah. by whatever he's being deceived by. Mm. Want that preach? Come on now. Mm. Come. Some of y'all caught up in your own game. You are. It, it, Michael Douglas is, I don't know. Sean Penn's your crazy brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Penn's somebody's crazy brother. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, the game. It was it was a good Sometimes I don't know, they're like social media is that way too, like videos that go viral. It's like you want to go back, you talk about going back and watching a movie. I like sometimes you ever wish that you could go back and experience something like this visceral laugh. 
Like yeah. the first time you watch certain videos, yeah. you want to, you, you've not seen this. You can't wait to show it to them because you know, it's just a crazy, hilarious yeah. thing. There's a thing now that people are doing. It's almost like a challenge. It's like a relationship challenge, I guess, in some ways, because you don't know. You can learn something about your relationship with this challenge that you did not know. And that is, have you seen these videos where people are sitting on the couch, they have a camera rolling and the partner doesn't know. So your spouse or your significant other does not know the camera's rolling. And then you all of a sudden just jump up like something's in the room or you freak out in some way, like something's on you. And then their reaction <laughs> to your fear is the test. So like some people, one time there was one, somebody taking out trash to the garage and they lift up the lid, they go, Oh my God. And they run. And then the partner runs and then they run and shut the door. So now the partner's in the, and they go, what are you doing? Like they're freaking out. Like, What's out here? You know, it's so great and so pure. It's like this visceral, like caveman reaction to fear. Cause you're like, if you're afraid, yeah. like if somebody jumps up in the room, you're watching a scary movie or you're just sitting there. All of a sudden somebody jumps up like it's a spider. It's a something. Like, I'm jumping up, too. What do you do? What do you think mm. you would do? You think you'd be like, well, now you're going to think, no, it's a trick, but I'm saying. Right. If, if Laura jumps up. If Laura's scared, John, uh, it's, something bad's in the it's room. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. She, She's she a tough will lady. jump off. She, bugs will, will do that. Oh, bugs do it. Oh, yeah. Do you uh, have to kill the bugs in the house? I do. That surprises me. I do. I mean, if I'm on a trip or something, yeah. I actually talk about this in my sermon Sunday. Yeah. Because it was Mother's Day. Do you, you're saying you... She calls you from the road. There's a bug in here. I need you to fly to Seattle. No, she'll kill the phone the road. Okay. She has to. Uh, but She stays in a lot of bad hotels is what I guess we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but like at home, if there's a spider in particular, yeah. it's, it's going to be on me. And it's going to be on you. It's on me, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I would assume it was a bug if she jumped up screaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a lot of bugs, apparently. Y'all, you know, there are just pest control companies. Yeah. This is, we have one, but this is that time of year I've noticed more spiders. When the spiders, I don't know, I guess it's cool evenings and they're coming inside. I don't know, maybe they just like it inside. I mean, we try to cover all yeah. these reasons. I mean, they're like, you have a couch. Uh -huh. I don't have one of these out here. You know what I'm saying? Why do, why do we besmirch the bug's intelligence as if right. he or she is not just attempting to live the same kind of life that we're living, Tony? Yeah, and it's like, what if... That bug thinks of you as its roommate. He's respecting you. You respect. He wasn't going to hurt you. Yeah. Like Brian Bates used to have a bit about that. I should have brought it up when we had him on the show last week, but he had a bit that he was working on about like he doesn't know whether to kill the spider or not because people always say like, well, they kill the bugs that are real pests or right. whatever. And he's like, yeah, but how far do you go to that? Right. How far down the rabbit hole do you go to that extreme? <laughs> I leave this murderer as long as it doesn't murder me. Yeah. Don't hurt the serial killer. He kills other serial killers, <laughs> which is the plot of Dexter. But um, <laughs> but my. I think the tag I gave him was that like, yeah, what if that's your roommate? And he's just like, yeah, he mostly keeps to himself. He wouldn't hurt anybody. The spider's in the corner thinking this. He tells other spiders. Yeah, I, th I don't think he's dangerous. I think he's a white recluse. And that was the, <laughs> yeah, that was the, big yeah, the white recluse. I laughed really hard the first time I heard that joke. Yeah. That was one of those can't go back your first time laughing. Brian gives me grief about that joke because he would tell that joke in his show for a while and people would say like, my favorite thing you wrote was the, my favorite thing you said was the white recluse and it was a line that I'd given him. So he'd be like, once again, of Johnny. Course. <laughs> so he'd be mad at me. And I do, I take, you know, I've taken lines from other comics or tags for jokes and I try to, I always remember, I always think about it. Yeah. Whenever I do the joke, I'm like, yeah, somebody gave me that laugh. That was somebody else. Yeah. You know, you got to think about You'll it. You'll do that with me sometimes. Occasionally on the podcast will be that way. Yeah. Like I'll have some, it's like halfway funny wordplay on something and mm -hmm. then you just strike gold on the ne in the next second. But I wouldn't have got there. I don't know. I think you probably would have. You've been an obstruction to my career, honestly. <laughs> you. I'm glad we finally called it out. It's fine. It's it's all good. Collaboration, man. Yeah, it's Collaboration's uh, important and it's what you do, John. You write a word, you get a third. Isn't that what you said? Write a word, get a third. That should be the way for jokes. Everything I've ever inspired you to even think about, yeah. I should have some right to. It happens sometimes. Now, I've not, I've written with other comedians or you're, we're just spitballing and then you realize something funny has come out of the conversation. I've not seen it happen in conversations I was in, but I've definitely been around for other comedians who go, all right, whose is this now? 
Like yeah. there comes a time where you got to go like, well, all if right, you're who, both performers, right? Who's taking this yeah. to stage? Who's going to be okay with me? Because you can't both use it. You'd be, you'd, yeah, then it gets like weird. Hacks. Yeah. It gets weird. Interesting. But uh, we would never, listen, John, anything of mine you want, you can have <sighs> it. I use it all the time. I always give you credit though. That's nice. I just want your truck. Um, Honestly. I don't you, want anything you've written. If you'll help pay the insurance, we can have some. Uh, I mean, you got to get scanned in this I game. want your truck and the royalties for the things you've written. Oh. I don't want credit for them. <laughs> it's comical to think that you're going to get a, a piece of my royalties. Oh, is, that not, is it not great? Not enough to divide. It's all about the advance, right? It's all about the advance. Man. It's the writer's fee. Yeah. I do get, like, I got a royalty check for Ignition 7 the other day. Okay. Actually, it's not large enough to be a check yet. Oh, no. I think it's up to like three dollars and fifty cents. What is they it? They don't like cut a check to like twenty. Direct deposit or something. or something. Oh, they're waiting. Oh yeah, it just stays in their account. <sighs> they're like, we're so, not even waste ink and paper on this yet. If Jeffrey, you know, is listening, who helped me produce that? Mm-hmm. How many years of video work? That's now it's available for streaming on Study Gateway. Oh, that's nice. And on Right Now Media, it's a good resource. And there's some devotions on U version. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of work. That's just a, another. It's a, a bygone era. Yeah. If you will. And, you know, but in all that, it, we never wanted to make money off of it. And it's a good thing because we have not. John, everything's not about the bottom line. That's what I'm saying. Like, we knew this was something we wanted to give away. We did give away about 30,000 DVDs. And we tried to, hey, if, if you have a dollar that helps us cover our cost, and if you don't, that's okay. We'll just send you one. And so we gave them away. And so it reached a lot of people. But the whole point of that was yes. royalties, Johnny. Mm-mm. You got to know. Streaming killed royalties. I mean, streaming really yeah. did for artists. Uh-huh. So, I wonder where that term comes from. Royalty? Yeah. Like royalties meaning money received for past work. Interesting. Because of like, in, I guess what you would call like uh, ownership. I wonder how it came to be called royalties. Yeah. You know, because that's an interesting derivation of that. And I think that... I wonder if, if it came from like those times when the king would grant you... It probably was the king taking his cut, yeah, of that's, like that's, surf, yeah, surf the royal, it's his royalty vassals. There's no way to know, but we can just somebody's somebody knows. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, we don't have to look everything up to know. I think it's kind of nice. We've yeah. taken you back pre Google, yeah, to a time when people just sat around and thought about things, yeah. And they, we, we we're not saying our take is right. We're just no. saying like, I wonder. It's okay to postulate, yes, and not know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Hypothesize, yeah. But I, I imagine, I bet it. I bet it does come. About taking your, the, yeah, the where king's the cut. royalty would take the king's cut. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think a rich. I think. Are in, you giving the king his royalty? So that's your. That's your offering. Yeah. Uh, Some of y'all think you're royalty. Uh-oh. Wait. Look okay. out. And who sits on the throne of your heart? I do hear that a lot. Yeah. It's actually it's, good. Some good. The, the whose face is on your coin and they're like what's a coin like people don't right people don't carry change anymore no someone whose face is on your bitcoin now we're mm. talking when people start giving with crypto mm. that'll be the sermon is there christian crypto whose image is on your bitcoin Christo? Crypto? <laughs> probably it's probably I, coming spelled with a ch <laughs> chr you know crypto we were having a conversation last night about, just some about some negative church things, right? And like denominations forming like major financial groups. Yeah, like we know of one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name it. Yeah, but, it's always a great idea. But it's like so. It's just like their own Edward Jones. Mm-hmm. Imagine this is not what it is. Maybe they have one, but imagine it was like Baptist financial. Like right. that. That's what it is uh-huh. for this other denomination. And I was like, I just think maybe you st- like a part of their deal is to help ministers put away for retirement and that kind of yeah. thing. I can get behind, like you know, if if they need help and, and right. you have to help manage that. But like when they start loaning money to churches at lower interest rates, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, yeah, ooh, yeah, it's weird. Like we all we've talked about this before about like the Bible, our interpretation of the Bible. We can believe the Bible's inerrant and also believe that our interpretation of the Bible has cultural biases to it mm-hmm. as far as like what we cherry pick to be like, well, God's not super concerned about this anymore. Right. Culturally, we're past this. Like nobody ever wants to like hit on the fact that the Bible says that charging interest is a sin. Like it's sinful to charge interest. 
So now you have these these organizations that are just like, yeah, but I'm th- I'm it's a different era. It's a different time. I'm thumbing through scripture in my head here. And like we forgive debts every 50 years if you're really going to live by. Right. Oh, yeah. The year of Jubilee. And, and I believe all servants, as they would call slaves, and you had, yes, you had slavery. I believe they were set free in Israel every seven years. Yeah. But um, like during the pandemic, I had a friend who reached out because we were really broke. Like Curry and I were really in trouble during yeah. the first few months of the pandemic because we had no savings. Mm. I just put my savings into an investment and I was like, oh, but my year's good. And then my year was not good because yeah. I didn't know that it was coming. And so we were really not prepared. And uh, I had a friend who's uh, another comedian and a mentor of mine, and he reached out and he offered me an interest-free loan. He goes, if you just need an interest-free loan to get through. Yeah. But he knew like that was that's the Christian way to do it. He was just like, you can just pay me back whenever. Yeah. I wouldn't charge you interest. Yeah. I've got to find the, the chapter that I And did, I was I, like, I want to wait 50 years. And it'll be go it jubilee gone. on this. Yeah, well, go jubilee, jubilee. Don't make me go jubilee on you. Uh, is it a sin? I do think that there's commandments not to make money off. Of. I think you've been charging people interest, and you want to. Guys, I'm a horrible landlord. Um, yeah. Do you? Uh, Johnsdale is where people live. John, do you think you want to? Would you ever want to be a landlord? It's one of the reasons I didn't do the thing where you keep the first house and then move into the new one. And because we had a house that we kind of moved into a different house in 2017, I was like, yeah. yeah, I could do this. No, I'd be awful. And I'm on the road so much, I just had to think of myself. And then the, th- the thing that made the decision for me was, if I was going to rent a house, if I was going to get into the housing market, and I had the credit to get a house, a second house, would it be this house? Yeah, and once I knew that the answer to that was no, well, no, this house needs a roof in a year. Right. This I know everything that's wrong with this house. I would not choose this house. Once that was the answer, I moved on. Yeah, and and I've lived to regret it because that house is now worth like two hundred thousand more. Yeah, but no, yeah. it was the, it was the right call probably because I'm just gone so much. I would have had to hand it off to somebody. Water I, heaters rupture at three a.m. I'd have to have a management company. Yeah, it'd be worth that twelve to fifteen percent or whatever it is. Yeah, because I'll do it for ten. I just. Wait. Don't I don't think I could evict somebody. Like if someone's in trouble yeah. and they can't pay, I can't be like get out of my like. I, right. It feels. I'm not saying I. Uh, and I'm not. There sure are I've, bad. There are bad tenants who are taking advantage. Of, in, yeah. They're in, operating in bad faith and they're whatever. See, so that gets I, hard too. That's where I struggle when you get into the whole like. Again, I, I know I'm a horrible businessman, and I don't believe this. About this is everybody. why you'll never be successful, John. I know you got to have some killer instinct over here. No, but, you're doing the right thing. Like there is such such a thing as, and I am. I will say this: some things in when I was at Dallas really helped on the front of like I don't know when to disengage. Sometimes when you were at Dallas at the conference, at the conference, the pastors' conference. Um, I just thought you were just gonna, like when I was in Dallas. When I was in Dallas, the show. This is where when I was on Dallas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reboot. Wasn't that Kevin? He's like, yeah, I was on Dallas. Yeah. He's like, also, I spent the summer on Fort Lauderdale. And then also, like, he named yeah. he just was saying it wrong. Yeah. You know? Anywho, I mean, I don't know if he said Fort Lauderdale. You're not really, that. that's a true thing. You're not really ever in, if you're in Iowa, you're dead. Right. You're in Iowa now. Right. It's almost like you've been buried in Iowa. You're under. Yeah. Go ahead. At any rate, I struggled. They were talking about Matthew 18, mm-hmm. and which is like conflict scriptures. Yeah. And, and it gets so convoluted. Because church discipline is used in abusive ways all the time. Even saying the term is hard for me to say. Yeah. But basically, it's like the principle of it, and by the way, there's a great theological, hermeneutical approach to, to scripture, and that is that I'm, I'm reading a book about this that you got to know in the Bible. If, if something like they, he calls it redemptive movement, yeah. There are some things where it's evident throughout the course of the history in the Bible that you see redemptive movement in the principle. Yeah. Because it it assumes we make this assumption. People I've heard preachers do this a lot. Like that the Israelites walking around with the, you know, 600 laws of God hmm. that that was like the way God intended it to be. That's the utopia. So we should live under, you know, right. same thing with the early church. Like, this is exactly how it should be. And and the author makes the, and he's a, you know, a scholar. He's like, the Bible is not describing a utopian society. That's all ahead of us. The Bible is where God intersected people where they were. And he gave them, 
laws or gave them principles, gave them boundaries. Yeah. And you can look over time at how those boundaries he might give them in the next dispensation of time to another group and you can see movement in it. Yeah. So like, and again, I'm not getting into all the, the depth of it or am I answering all the critics with this? Um, but he was like, you know, you just pick out something in the old Testament that, that is harsh towards women. Like, okay. Cause he, he goes into the history at, at that time in history, believe it or not, it was pretty radically progressive about treatment of women. Usually, mm-hmm. um, there are some, not so much, but there are some like, well, no other culture was giving women this much. And so, like, it's almost like God knew where they were at the time. And what we want to do, too, is like, well, why would you ever even allow slavery? Why would you ever, like, and then that, that's where we get into that. If God loves, if God's good, he would never allow X. Yeah. Instead of seeing, like, hey, God is good. God entrusted creation to mankind, to human, to humanity. Mm-hmm. And humanity, who's in charge of it, has done this with it. And now God is redeeming that over time as he redeems humanity, while also still allowing the dignity and the keeping of the promise he made to give them charge over this creation. Yeah. But then we're mad because God is obviously still in charge of everything, but we still struggle, and I do. Yeah. We still struggle when, like, God doesn't take away the choice of humanity— and someday he's going to say, okay, it's time, enough's enough, and this is over. But so when he's intersecting someone in these times, you can see redemptive movement that by Jesus' time, right. Jesus has female ahead disciples. Ahead of his time, right. And so like he goes, so we could see like that wouldn't have been allowed in Old Testament. It, it, it is now seen in New Testament. So instead of assuming everything about how Jesus treated women in the New Testament is exactly how it should be today, yeah. that the principles of God, we may actually in our time be able, and this is a, a tough term, to improve upon the principle of God today, that's his intent, mm-hmm. is that you take where I'm leading. It's like man, a purifying of the... Yeah. And, and then there's, man, there's so many like minds in this minefield. It's not like yeah, yeah, we need yeah. to rewrite scripture and make it say we right, want. Right, right, right. And then he points out some parts of the Bible where we never see a redemptive movement. Like God is always strong about this. He's strong about this in Genesis, strong about this in Deuteronomy, right. strong about this in New Testament. Like, so you don't add redemptive movement where there is right. none in scripture. Yeah, there's, but yeah, you're right. And about, like, when you think about a scripture, uh, about like something that Paul would write that reflects the culture of his day versus something that's like totally prescriptive, right? Yeah, I mean that's a key word, and, and I forget where Law read that, but that that transformed me years ago. Of everything in Scripture, some is descriptive, right. everything is not prescriptive. Mm-hmm. But we are in that day and age when someone holds a Bible up. This is everyone repeat after me. This is God's word. I believe every word in it. Every word in it is for me. Every word's for me to go. I do believe every word in it. I don't believe every word in it is prescriptive for me yeah. to go thou and do likewise. Yeah. So I have to, you know, have, that's why hermeneutics is so important to understand how the language is. Well, you talk about the laws, like the 600 laws or whatever, like didn't Paul write about them as though it's like the law was given as like a mirror and a tutor. Yeah. He didn't describe it as both mm-hmm. those things. The mirror shows you like how far off you are, you know, right? like, you know, if you lived in a house with no mirrors, you might be like, I look fine. Right. You need some somebody to be like, this is how far off you are. And then the, you know, you can't, and I think it's also like to show like, you can't get there. Like man would never believe we can't get there. That's why we built the Tower of Babel. So you need like that thing to be like, you could never attain all this. You're going to need a savior. You need somebody to do this for you. Yeah. I think it maybe James that talked about the mirror looking to the law of God and forgetting, looking to the mirror, then forgetting what you look like. Right. Like you're not paying attention to the reflection yeah. of what you see in God's word. Yeah. And the tutor, again, and the tutor was a good thing, but the tutor was you know, there until there's a fulfillment now. Uh-huh. Now you don't need this tutor because this, the, the information, if you want to use that, it's really a metaphor because there's way more information, but the transformative thing now is inside of you. It's not just being taught to you. Yeah. It's being taught in your life as you live it. So like the loss does value, but you're not under its, you're, you're not under its authority in that yeah. respect because the thing it went, yeah. what was it trying to get you to do? Now you have the power to do that. You don't have to try to, yeah. to stay, you know, it's almost like training wheels. Like if you don't need them anymore, you take them off. They're not evil. 
they were there to help hold you up. Right. Right. So there's still a wheel. So like, again, the law is still the principles of God and all those things, but they're not attached to where I'm going because I can stay up without them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So they, they, now, if you go all the way down this metaphor, every metaphor has its lemon. Like, if I just start to lean over, a wheel would still catch me. So, like, the law still has those good prints. It's still good not to murder. That's in the law. Like, right. Like, that, that... So, you're going to come out against murder? I would like to definitively okay. say I am anti-murder. This feels like super-duper liberal drift from you. I will but, say, back to that, the, the Dallas thing, though, the, yeah. the Matthew 18, I struggle with the principle, again, of the redemptive yeah. movement for me is that I think Matthew 18 is certainly something we can apply to, to all church discipline and go by the book. But I think there's a lot of principle that I can say, Hey, in, in my day and time, how does, how does this apply? Yeah. And the first principle is, is when you're, you'll figure out if you're in offense or not. And when you are, you go to that person one-on-one, mm-hmm. right? And the second principle is if that doesn't work, then you, you bring community with you. You try to widen the table. That's the real principle. I'm widening the circle, widening the table. And I kind of stop there. Like I try, I really, we teach a lot on conflict being an opportunity for your own, formation as a disciple and formation of a community like it's just it's natural how do you it's an opportunity stop running from it stop leaving church over it lean into it and do it the way god's taught and he'll he's shaping you through this this is actual relationships and so try to lean into it but i'll get into it and 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 i've made mistakes too like i'm trying to apologize or i'm trying to own my side yeah and when it i don't get it back i just get stuck Or, or if we can't resolve like i just get stuck I mean, depressed, I feel overly responsible, even though the other person has a phone, whatever, like they're, like I don't give them even the respect of their own agency. Mm -hmm. I just kind of take it all on me. Right. Like I need to keep pursuing, I need to keep, you know, and and you do, you you always pursue, but they, they reminded me down there that there's another part of Matthew 18, those series of verses, where it says, look, if you try all this, it doesn't work. And this is how I took it, it was like, Jesus gave you an out for this because he knows you'll sit here and own this unhealthily. Like you have an out. Mm-hmm. And it sounds it sounds harsh and dismissive at first glance, but I think if we really look at the heart of Jesus and his teachings, he's like, look, if this doesn't work, then basically let them be as a Gentile or a tax collector to you. Mm-hmm. Which most churches would be like, that means you write them off and you don't talk to them. I was like, well, how did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? Right. He was gentle. He was open-hearted. He was open-handed. There was always a door to him in a way that nobody, no, none of the other Jewish teachers were doing. It was very radical for its time. But also, the Gentiles and tax collectors were not influencing him. Yeah, They weren't in his inner circle. They weren't making requests. Like, they didn't have his ear. I mean, like, it just basically was like, hey, it's okay. And then they took it to Proverbs, where if someone, and I've been this someone, I am this someone, when Proverbs talks a lot about a fool and his folly, mm-hmm. like when someone is in a foolish place on something, like you trying to wrap yourself up in someone's foolishness of wherever they are, and you don't have to hate them for that. Again, you can love them through that, but it's okay to say, this is not going to be my foolishness as well right. that I sit in. So it was like really freeing, like, hey, it's yeah. okay to, to, it's okay to say, hey, we're not, if we don't get there, it's not all on me. And I, Jesus knew this was too much and he yeah. gave me an out as long as I've done the parts that I can. Where do you think we are? Are you getting ready to have two people come in? We're in step one, and this it's the podcast. So they're waiting outside the other community yeah. that's going to then. This is episode 260. This comes, becomes an intervention. And it, it took this many episodes for me to get the personal part out. Wow. And because of so much you harm. You finally said it. So much harm that you've done. I'm just uh, glad you said it. Yeah. Listen, we've had a deep past together, and I think it's important to talk about it and to point out places where you've been hurt and I've been hurt. We've hurt each other. Yeah. And I just want to go on record and say that I'm not sorry. Um, um, but, John, we're going to go into the past today. Is this like your superior segue that you keep it is. making fun of me? Like, oh, this sometimes, is so listen, sometimes it's important to look into the past, and we like to do that every week, a segment of This Week in History. We like to call it Talk, talk About, about Then. I was waiting for you to say it. I'm going to start saying it with you to see if I can. Oh, that's true. Yeah, could harmonize it. This one's a weird one. I did not know. I don't have a context at all for this. I see a picture of Ronald Reagan 
And it just says, May 18th, 1983. Do you know what happened? Ronald Reagan sticks his thumbs in his ears. He did one of these. Okay. And uh, like a nanny nanny boo boo. U.S. President Ronald Reagan sticks his thumbs in his ears, wiggles his fingers and says to the press, I've been waiting years to do this. That's all it says. I have no idea what the context is. It was to the press. What year? So maybe 1983, May of 1983. So he would have been, he'd been president for a couple of years. He's in his first term and he did that. Yeah. That sounds like a second term. Maybe it was at the, maybe it was at a press, the the press dinner, dinner. the press corps. Yeah. So it's like everybody's being kind of silly. Yeah. He's been roasted maybe that night. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There's no way to know. Uh, This week in 1980, John, uh, Mount St. Helens erupts. Mm. Do you know a lot about Mount St. Helens? No. Uh, active volcano in Washington state erupt, killing 57 people. The magnitude 5.1 earthquake triggered a massive collapse of the north face of the mountain, creating the largest known debris avalanche in recorded history. Mm. The pyroclastic flow flattened vegetation and buildings over 230 square miles. Wow. Did not know that. That's a big, it's a swath of land. That, I think, I think the, the, the part about volcanic, activity that always gets me is the seismic element that we often miss. Like yeah. It's, it's like, it's always what's going on underneath. Come on guys. You know, it's something you think is just coming out of the top, but you think it's, you think it's dormant. You're like, let's go climb that mountain. Mm. You better look at what's going on under the surface. Mm. Maybe with... you should check out your own tectonic plates. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The first commercial motion picture production this week, 1894, and it says that it was a series of kinetoscope films by Edison Laboratories. The films included strongman Eugene Sandow just flexing for the camera. Huh. So the first motion pictures included just a dude who was like... Like a meathead. Check out the gun show. Yeah. Which we've not really come that much farther. No. If you look at any Instagram reels. Right. It's just a lot of more of that. Yeah. And some of them are mine. And I apologize. Well... I really need to get a base tan before I do the next one. Mm. Um, let's see here. Uh, May 18th, 1648, Margaret Jones is tested to see if she's a witch. She was tested according to methods in the book, The Discovery of Witches in 1647, just the year prior. So the cutting edge of the science right? by Matthew Hopkins, the, the accused should be observed for 24 hours. If the person was a witch, an imp would appear to feed off the witch. Wow. Imps were witches familiars who depended upon the witch for daily sustenance. Former governor of Massachusetts Bay Colony, John Winthrop, who you you know about John Winthrop. Well, I knew him. Yeah. Uh, he claimed to see the imp in the clear light of day. So this is this helped. You know, this was a basically a politician. Mm. So he's like, oh, I see the imp. So now it just goes into full hysteria. She was then convicted and executed. She was the first victim of a witch hunt that lasted from 1648 to 1693. That's an insane amount of time. Okay, I don't think I realize it spanned that many years. About 80 people throughout the, New Eng- uh, throughout the New England area were accused of practicing witchcraft with over 20 executed for the crime. So, yeah, that's a crazy long. Wow. It's over 40 years of just nonsense. But, uh, yeah, so it's all about the imp. Interesting. So be careful out there. Uh, genetically altered food uh, is approved for sale this week in 1994 by the Food and Drug Administration. It's the first whole food developed through biotechnology to be made available to U.S. customers. Interesting. Somebody told me that broccoli is a genetically modified food. What? That the way we have broccoli now is is a GMO. It's a complete, like, made, wow. made somewhere. That broccoli didn't used to be that way. I don't know. <laughs> uh, here's a weird presidential scandal that I did not know about. May of 1993... Not a scandal, but it's just one of those things like a little... It would be nothing now, mm. unless you're on the other party and you can say, this person is the worst. May 18th, 1993, U.S. President Bill Clinton ties up Los Angeles International Airport. You want to know why? While he got a $200 haircut on board an Air Force One jet on the runway. Wow. So these people can't make their flights. So they called the scandal Air Force One. <laughs> I don't remember this. I don't either. And I was, I guess, I don't know what I would have been. I'd been I was like in eighth grade. 20, 19. Yeah. And I don't remember. But I remember I've been in an airport before when you're not taking off and then you find out later, oh, right. you know, Trump was there or Biden was there and there's, they have to ground everything. Wow. Yeah. So everybody gets this weird like hold. Yeah. 
and then you depending on who it is. I mean, I always get mad. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Paul. I'm just like, seriously, guys? Right. But yeah, they got to hold everything. But not for a haircut. That's something. Yeah. Why didn't you just do it in the air? I don't know. Does they have a presidential barber that, I don't know. Mm. And why does it matter if it's $200? I will say a man's haircut costing $200. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like for he, most, for, that's for, $1993. For him, he just has normal. Well, maybe that's what he hair. wants. Maybe he has tricky hair and that's what he wants you to think, but it's really tough wow. to do. Maybe like it's actually a mullet and they, they like form it, shape it those, into. Those are not uncommon in the 90s in Arkansas mm. where he's from. Uh, John, the first woman broke the sound barrier, uh, 1953 this week. Rogers Dry Lake, California. Jacqueline Cochran flies a Canadian. F-86 Sabre jet borrowed from the Canadian Air Force. This is interesting. She borrowed the jet. Like, I want to break the sound barrier. It's cool if I borrow this. I don't know how that worked. Uh, Her average speed, John, 652 miles per hour. Wow. So. What year? uh, This would have been 1953. Wow. So. It's really early to be going that fast. It's too early. I mean, like, I'm always shocked at what they accomplished in the 40s and 50s. And 60s in terms of like, when we look at the computer technology they're using, it looks so antiquated. It looks now like, again, an old calculator that we would never touch. And I think it causes me to just marvel. Yeah. A lot of that's because, again, they just also did real math. They didn't wait for the computer to do it. You know, they, they, they figured out trajectory and thrust and boosters and... I don't. I don't really know a lot about Every, space travel. Yeah. or I've seen Top for, Gun. Yeah, both of them. That's all I know. Yeah. Talk, talk to me, Goose. All right, last one. All right. Uh, born this week in 1838, Seth Wheeler. He invented something very important that you use every day. Seth Wheeler. Hmm. Do you wanna? 1848. 1838. Oh, that I don't know. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> American businessman Seth Wheeler invented perforated toilet paper in which okay. individual sheets could easily be torn from the roll. This was accomplished via perforation starting at each side, but not quite meeting in the middle. So mm. evidently they didn't always meet in the middle. Mm. Won't that preach? Come on now. Some of y'all got your toilet paper side goggled because you won't meet in the middle. Yeah. In a manner of speaking. Perforate all the way through. Uh, Wheeler also patented, quote, Ornamental toilet paper, which I have no idea what that is. Interesting. And I don't. Let me click on the link. I don't. I don't know if I want to know. What is ornamental toilet paper? Ornamental toilet paper. Uh, he received another patent. This time for the process of ornamenting paper to create decorative toilet paper. This was done by wrinkling the surface so as to produce a permanent raised and sunken yeah. portions. So we've seen that the yeah. little flower pattern. It's like a quilted. Right. So he invented that too. Wow. This looks very fancy in this picture. If I could show you the, the drawing yeah. of the patent, it's very, it looks like wrapping paper. Wow. Which that would chafe like a yeah, son of a gun. You, you don't want that, but don't use that even mm-hmm. if it is perforated. Run. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Seth Wheeler. Wow. Shout out to his friends and family. It's one of those things that if you didn't have it, would yeah. you? I think you'd realize it. If you didn't have it, you'd be like, they got to make something. Someone should invent something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But. And. I guess a lot of waste was happening until they perfectly like, all right, look, we're, there's way too much. So now just square by square, mm. we're going to get, get there. I don't know. <laughs> that, that was his campaign. Didn't he run for president in 18? Seth Wheeler? Yeah. I don't know. Square by square. That wouldn't he, shouldn't he have? Oh, come on now. You start in the square states. Yeah. Just to be like, so he's got Nebraska locked up. Yeah. Let's, Oklahoma, let's clean, maybe. Let's clean up this nation or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got something better. See, this is a great example. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, listen, what are these borders of our states if not perforated lines between us, John? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got to meet in the middle. Somebody's got to get us there. Yeah. <sighs> okay. It's beautiful. I keep waiting for a toilet joke. No, it's fine. You're too mature. I'm not going to. You've grown past that. I have. Um, it's okay. How many How many potty jokes do you have? I know of two. Off the I've top got of a head. couple. I try, to, I try to make my... My bathroom jokes a little more sophisticated than the average, and I never put them all together in one set, right? Because I don't want to just be that member is like he had a lot of right. By the end, people like pulling your finger, yeah, right. So I'm not proud of them, but 
I don't think there's anything. I don't think there is such a thing as a cheap laugh, though. I don't like that terminology because I think like if you can get up there and get laughs, it's a real laugh. You got to make somebody laugh. I so. think that your bathroom humor goes over well because you have otherwise such an intellectual right. delivery. Oh, well, I hope so. Yeah, you hope that's the truth and not just like finally he's talking about. Well, yeah, this is his <laughs> truest self. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's funny to just be silly and it's relatable. But whatever. Yeah. We all go to the bathroom, John. Don't we, though? I feel like this show's come off the rails. It's, I mean, it was fine. It's okay. part of it. Yeah. It's part of it. You're the one that brought it up in history. That's uh, true. Yeah. Hey, speaking of history. Yes. Episode 260. Yeah. It's happening right now. It is. And did you know that it's episodes now. 1 through 259 are available? Beautiful. At you, talkaboutthatpodcast.com. It's a wonderful site. You can even support the show uh, via that link there sitting nestling in the top right corner of that page yep become a patron and you get ad free content every one of these episodes yeah but we do want to say we appreciate our sponsors too yeah we never want to besmirch them in any way no i mean we're cutting them out but it's fine for those who are patrons yeah but it's not because we don't like them no love them love them it's because i don't know why there's no reason except for the almighty dollar Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. Uh, you should also uh, go to johnnyw.com or follow Johnny on Instagram or I mean, just yeah. check him out all over the place. New tour dates being added every week. Yep. And uh, I'm all over the country uh, the rest of this year. And it's been a blast. The shows are so much fun. And uh, bringing some new material up there and trying it out. We've actually got a show coming up here at our my home church here. Yeah. Uh, June 11th. June 11th. We're going to be doing a comedy, and I'm going to release it on the website today and kind of start promoting it. But me and some friends of mine who work clean, Brian Bates, who we've had on the show, is going to be a part of that show. Rick Roberts, my friend, is going to be a part of that show. Alex Valuto, who's done three dry bar specials. They all have agreed to be a part of those shows, and we're kind of going to be doing like some hits, but also doing a lot of our new material yeah. to try to help work out. So this church is going to be a venue for that. So we, we haven't decided on a name yet. but I think it's just... I thought you were with Grove Comedy Club. Grove Comedy Club or Grove Comedy Night, yeah. yeah. So we're, because this church is the Grove, here in scenic and exotic Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Oh. So if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, uh, come see us June 11th, and there'll be more details on the website soon. Yeah, we'll be watching. We'll, we'll, we'll put out some links to get tickets and stuff yeah. when we get a little closer. So, yeah. Right. That'll be a fun one. Be exciting. Very excited about it. So, hey, it's been a fun time, Johnny. I mean, hey, I wouldn't want to do 260 episodes with anybody else, and I tried. I asked. Yeah. Nobody else would Nobody do it. Nobody wanted to do it. So, but it's a you've, big commitment. you've hung in there. So. Thank you. No, it's awesome. Hey, yeah, go go. leave us a review. Send us messages. Uh, we'd love to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, we have the new message uh, portal mm-hmm. in our, on the talkaboutthatpodcast.com talk website. There's like a little, you can click, and it sends an email directly to us, and we enjoy getting those. We've, had, we've gotten quite a few emails that yeah. way. We enjoy that. It's awesome. We love hearing from Clap you. Clap back if you don't like anything we've said. Yeah. You can send the ones that are negative to trash at talkaboutthatpodcast.com. <laughs> we probably need to go create that now. Yeah, we do. See what we get. So, guys, thank you for joining us uh, as you do every week, and we'll see you next week on Talk About That. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.